It is Monday, September 4th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan along for the ride as well on this Labor Day. That's right. Some shows are taking the day off, not Baseball Today. We are with you just about every day. This I think we've missed one day the entire season because of travel issues. That's it, Plouffe. That's what, this is what we do. I didn't even think we missed one day, so that's actually a shock to me. And we're not like bragging. We work so hard. The reason we do the show every day and try not to take days off is because we love to do it. It's That's a it. fun show. That's it. And yeah, we it, love our it, audience. It was really fun. So usually just to kind of a little peek behind the curtain, I usually do the questions for Monday after all the afternoon games are done on Sunday. So if something interesting happens Sunday night, okay, I could change things up. And I had to because of two reasons. But the first and biggest reason was because we had the interview of the year. And so we are giving a tip of the cap to our newfound Astros fan who played a huge part in this series because when Jordan Alvarez hit a foul ball, he reached out and he interfered. He Bartman did a little bit. And so Jordan was called out. Well, Buster only of ESPN went and found this guy <laughs> and he gave the interview of a lifetime. Y'all got to understand, when it's dropping down, it looked like it's coming directly to you. So I reached, and my body went for what I know. But we did have a wonderful moment. The reaction was shock, disgust, happiness, sweat, <laughs> a little bit of lust, baby. You feel me? I was in there feeling kind of kind of hurt, but my fingers still shaking a little bit. The ball way heavier with the gravity. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, dude. I don't know. Did he say the ball weighs a little heavier with the gravity. <laughs> and then true. he also he also called them the asteroids. He said the asteroids mm. were great because this was his first game ever. He had just moved to Houston. He wanted to give his son, you know, a memory of a lifetime, and he gave us all a memory of a lifetime. No, that was incredible. The sheer joy and excitement. I love that he's trying to be a good dad. That was like the one of the first things he said. I'm trying to create memories. Uh, so I, I I loved it, and I also want to shout out Buster Olney for having. Uh, not only the best interview with this guy, but also the worst interview with Phil Nevin earlier in the year. So, you know, Buster's just hitting all the notes. Hey, Good job. That way, of course, you couldn't get through there without. <laughs> okay. I had to do something. Uh, that's the reason, by the way, I'm wearing the Royals hat is because the dude was wearing a Royals hat in the clip. So I got to give him a little love somewhere. Uh, biggest series of the year has now come and gone as the Atlanta Braves took three of four. They won Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Dodgers behind Bobby Miller ended up at least salvaging something in that four-game set. Acuna went deep in each of the first three games of the series. Mookie Betts with a pair of multi-hit games and then going over on Friday and Saturday. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this series? I think and we've all kind of known this, but we've danced around it. The, the Braves are the best team in baseball. They're the best team in baseball. And uh, does that mean they're going to win the World Series? No, it doesn't mean for sure they're going to win the World Series. But they are the most well-put-together team in this sport right now. And they went into Dodger Stadium. And uh, honestly, they went on their road trip. It went 8-2, and two, I believe, they uh, on it. And they went into Dodger Stadium and just dominated the series. A four-game set, winning three or four. Yeah, they got Bobby Miller pitched really well. That's nice for the Dodgers to see that. That gives them a little bit of glimmer of hope in the postseason. Um, but the Braves came in and, and crushed it. But I thought what was really interesting is a lot of the quotes after the game were exactly what you want to hear from your team if you're a Braves fan. They say, yeah, you know, it's nice to come in here and do this to the Dodgers, but that doesn't mean that we're going to 
Charlie Morton says that doesn't mean we're going to go and crush them in the postseason. So they they have their minds right. They understand, like, look, we're taking care of business, but it's the regular season. They have other goals in mind. They want another ring, and I think they're approaching it the same way. So I think that was the main takeaway is I, I just think that they are the most well-constructed roster in all the baseball. And go look at the statistics. They're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was a blast to see you know, Acuna and Betts and Freeman and everybody else that's a superstar in that series are so, so many. Um, Michael Harris made a great point because everyone's talking about Acuna's 121-mile-an-hour homer. He goes, dude, that thing had a, you know, a 17-degree launch angle on it. It got out of here in a hurry, like almost like a line drive. He goes, right. imagine if that thing would have had a 27-degree launch angle, how far it would have went. So there are so many awesome things. Uh, that went on. My boy staff threw a freaking pill sure to did. Kershaw. Nice work. So a Didn't great I... overall series. Very entertaining. But I think, again, the main takeaway is the Braves are the best team in baseball. Didn't know that uh, Stafford and Kershaw even knew each other. Mm-mm. So you, you learn Mm-mm. something new every day. I, um, I've been working with him a little bit. So I need to take oh, a little bit of credit for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised they didn't mention that on the broadcast. None of which were nationally broadcast, by the way. I don't count MLB Network fully as national network. Whenever it can get blacked out in parts of the country, I don't count that. Um, For me, it's that there is a pretty large disparity between the starting rotations as of right now. That's the way I feel. Now, I know that the Braves threw their top four guys. The Dodgers did not. Clayton Kershaw did not pitch in this series. So maybe that'll change things a little bit. But I love where the Braves are with their rotation, certainly heading into the playoffs. Okay? I I just feel comfortable. If I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm a little skeptical. I think the Dodgers will have enough pitching. And and I do Mm -hmm. think that, you know, them getting beat by the Braves doesn't mean they can't win the World Series. I mean, they uh, weren't they a better team than the Padres last year? Things happen in the postseason. Yep. Real quickly, do you think this is the weekend that Acuna wrapped up the MVP or no? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, there's there's still more baseball to be played, so you can't put it past a guy like Mookie Betts to just go on an incredible tear as well. But I think he, as Mookie passed him before the series in the Vegas odds, Acuna got back on top. Yeah, I think that's fair. And by the way, like enough of the slander of the other guy oh my guy's definitely the mvp because mookie betts got pinch hit for and no 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 no, no. mookie betts had two multi-hit games in the series and ronald acuna only got one hit here and there i mean sure it left the yard but let's stop they're two great players we might have one of the closer mvp votes in history i'm in for that uh let's talk a little bit about la's other team mike trout he's not playing right now he's a little banged up But Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register, who, of course, covers the Halos, did have a chance to talk to the future Hall of Famer about the future of the franchise. Of course, they went all in with the trades. Then they had a salary dump last week. Trout said, quote, there are going to be some conversations in the winter for sure, just to see the direction of everything and what the plan is. Then on whether or not Trout would request a trade, quote, I'm not even going to comment on that. Does anything that he said in those quotes perk your ears up? I think it's 
Trout has should have been doing this almost every offseason. You know, once you sign that massive deal and you're the face of the franchise, you're the guy. I mean, you should be you should be involved in these conversations. I mean, especially a guy as well well respected as Mike Trout. So I'm I'm hoping this isn't the first time, but if it is, good for him. Like he needs to be involved going forward. He's there for still uh, plenty of time. Now, you know, about the requesting a trade, I mean doesn't really work that way in baseball like i know other sports you can kind of hold out and it's it's happened in basketball that the, the players have taken mm-hmm. over in basketball it's not that way in baseball i mean i don't think the angels have any interest in trading him unless he unless he went to them and said hey like i i think you guys should explore something then maybe the gears start to kick in and and they start to think about it but I, in my mind man this has all happened so fast. Like, I can't imagine actually Mike Trout playing on another team. Um, but now that you bring it up, and he and he he didn't say anything about it, uh, but I think a lot of people are talking about him saying, "Let me get out of here, replenish your farm system, do all these things for the franchise. Let me go get a chance to to win." I think if they can't, here's the main thing. I think if they can't convince Mike that they have a real plan going forward and i don't know how they are going to be able to convince him with that but you know maybe maybe they got some tricks up their sleeves i think he might ask for it okay to me the biggest thing is that jeff fletcher said are you going to request a trade his answer was i'm not even going to comment on that yeah but you have to like you know you could say that and say i'm not dude don't even ask me that i'm not even to comment on that that's different than you know what i'm not going to comment on that it's the tone and the context. So I'm not sure what he meant by that. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. The tone does matter. But the easiest thing for him would have been, no, I'm not going to ask for a trade. It's almost like, I, I, I almost assume he said that, like, that's a clown question, bro. But maybe he maybe, didn't. <laughs> but maybe he didn't. It, right. We don't know because it wasn't on camera. So we can't we can't read the way that it was said. So you're right. Context matters here. In your delivery in it matters. Yeah. But you know what? Like, if you're Mike Trout, what in the world could the Angels say to you that would make you convinced that they're on the right path? Nothing. Yeah, pro- honestly, honestly, probably nothing. Nothing. But doesn't mean it doesn't mean he's not happy there. You know, I, like totally, he can, totally you can be happy. Yeah, you can be happy in Anaheim playing for the Angels and then still have it in the back of your mind, like, dude, I like. I need to win. He sees everybody else in the playoffs, all these guys who he's better than, Mm. who he's been better than, getting to enjoy postseason baseball, getting all the accolades and and rings and just so much that comes along with postseason baseball. And he's sitting on the freaking couch. He's going to Eagles games. Like, he... There comes a point, I'm sure. There, I mean, it's it's probably already gotten there for him. It's like, dude, yeah, I I would love to be on the TV in October. And if those thoughts start to really, really creep in, and he sees, he doesn't see a path going forward. I mean, he can ask for a trade. I don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition, but it's got to be eating him up inside. It, it it does. This whole show, the Shohei thing too, like Shohei leaving is gonna, I think, in a cause a lot of thought and a lot of like soul searching i think for for mike i think it i think it sucks for him 
and if this offseason he goes into the office, I don't know whose office it's going to be because I don't know if the GM, the manager, and heck, I don't even know if the owner is going to be in place by the time next season rolls around. So I hope he does ask for a trade, to be honest with you. I'm sick of not seeing him play any meaningful baseball. Forget about October. When was the last time he swung a bat that counted in September? Been a while. Been a while. Stinks. They haven't had a winning season since 2015. They're tied with the Royals, I believe, for the longest active drought without a winning season. And so unless they go on some ridiculous run over the last 25 games or so, they're going to keep adding to that losing record, and it sucks, and it's not fun, and it's bad for the sport. But you know what's good for you? Downloading the SeatGeek app onto your phone today. You're like, wait, SeatGeek, not familiar. Come on. If you have no idea what this is, they are the best ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. More than 28 million downloads has made SeatGeek the number one rated ticketing app around. Did you know there are more than 70,000 events every single day available on SeatGeek? So that includes your sporting events, you know, your clutch baseball games, college football started over the weekend, the NFL gets going this week. We're not too far from the NBA and the NHL season. On top of that, you got concerts, festivals, oh, so much more. And they always want to make sure you're getting the best deal possible. That doesn't mean spending the most money necessarily. What they've got are green dots and red dots. Green means you are getting a an awesome deal. So even if the seats are a little further back, what you're paying for them, that means we're looking out for you. Red means stop, right? Just like a traffic light. Slow your roll. Give it a second thought. The seats might look great, but I think they're jacking up the price a little bit for you. And on top of that, every ticket is backed by a buyer guarantee. SeatGeek's the only site out there that lets you return your tickets ahead of time with swaps for future dates. And we've got a hookup. Use the code today for 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase, the promo code today. So click the link in the description, download the app, off you go. We'll see you at a game in the near future. All right, Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, interesting series. The Yankees sweep a three-game set from the Houston Astros for the first time in a decade, and it was a lot of their young guns getting it done. The Martian, Jason Dominguez, first big league at bat against future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander. Second pitch he sees, he leaves the yard. Then on Sunday night baseball for the entire baseball globe to see, he leaves the yard as well. Now, is this something that the Yankees can truly build on, or... Are we just hyping them up because this is happening with the Yankees? All right. We just talked to our resident Yankees expert, our producer, super producer, Dan Rourke. And he's uh, he's very ecstatic about the young guys. And I'm happy for Yankees fans that, to be honest, like this season's lost, but they're getting some they're getting an extra dose of happy baseball because they got Austin Wells and they got Jason Dominguez and you know, like they're, they're letting the kids play. So they're, mm-hmm. they're looking to the future. I'm happy for them. They get that. I need more time with these guys. You know me. Well, hold on. Wait, you're saying you need more than a weekend series to, in order to judge time. the future people. I'm I do. I do. I'm happy. I'm happy for them, but I think we need to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's okay. uh, let's see how this plays out over the, you know, let's just give, let's give them September. Let's see. Even though that's a small sample size, I want to, you know, let me judge after the season how I feel about these two guys. Surely, I mean, Dominguez has a look to him. He's a big boy. 
He's going to hit homers in the show. I'm excited to see him in Yankee Stadium. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Seeing him in pinstripes for the first time is going to be sweet. Um, and, and, you know, I think he, even though he's not the, the highest rated prospect, he's like been the name that we've heard about forever. And we've seen a lot of backfield, you know, um, complex homers and all that stuff. So it's awesome to see him up and doing his thing. I mean, the homer on Verlander, second pitches. That's kind of like legendary stuff right there, right. to be honest. So mm-hmm. uh, it was fun, but I, I need more time with it. For for, for the Yankee, Yankees fans' sake, I hope these guys are awesome. Dan said, we got our Astro killer. That's what he said. So <laughs> I'm letting the people know what the Yankees fans think. I, 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 I don't know, man. They look good. They look good. Yeah, they looked great. They looked comfortable. Awesome. Um, this is meaningless baseball that the Yankees are playing. And it's weird because that does well not happen. to those guys. It's meaningless in this from the standpoint of we don't care if we win or lose. Really, I mean, yeah. okay, yeah, they don't want to have a losing record for like the thirtieth straight season or whatever. So that's cool. But none of the nothing that happens win loss wise in September means anything for October. It just doesn't. So let's wait until that sort of stuff kicks in. Uh, I, I certainly understand why Yankees fans are excited, but yes, there's always, whenever the Yankees do something, there's too much gravitas one way or another. There's just too much, right? It gets built up or made to be too big or this, that, the other thing. Here's what I don't want to hear today, which I heard trickle out this weekend. God damn it. If we had done this six weeks ago, we would have been right in this thing. I don't know, man. Of course, we're not going to know. So is it possible? Sure. I would give it some percentage chance. I don't know if that's 4% or 6%. Not. I wouldn't make it 74% that you guys... Well, if we had brought those guys up, and if Aaron Judge hadn't... If. Got it. That's where we are now, Yankee fans. We're running the if train. Listen. If you want to build around all these guys, right? Wells behind the plate who didn't do anything at the dish, but apparently called very good games. If you read the quotes from Michael King, he was like, he was awesome back there. Great. I mean, that's what you need. I I want a guy who can receive back there, and anything I get offensively is going to be a bonus. Dominguez, we've been waiting. He's 20 years old. Maybe he is the next Bryce Harper or Mike Trout. Maybe. Or maybe he's just a solid player. I don't know. I don't know. Aaron Judge has 31 homers through 83 games. Are you it's kidding crazy. me? That Now that I'll be willing to play the what-if game on. If he had played 150 games this year, would he have threatened his American League record? It's weird to see. I'm looking at game, like games played for the Yankees. Stanton's at 85, Judge at 83. Like They need those guys to play yeah i mean the the weird thing about aaron judge is he's had freaky injuries for the most part right he's had like one oblique injury i think in this time but the rest have been strange right getting hit on the wrist toe goes into dodger stadium wall like that's weird stuff the stanton stuff you have to chalk him up for missing 40 games a year at this rate yeah in his career it's just that's how it goes listen i'm not telling the yankee fans not to enjoy september enjoy it like, I'm happy you get to root for something because if you were just trotting out the same schlock that you had been oh, the first five gosh. months of the That's year, miserable. then it would really suck. 
at least this is something fun for you and you can dare to dream. I'm not trying to crush your dreams. In fact, yeah, I'm sure you don't care. Like, good. Enjoy it. But we'll see. If that's how you want to build your team, it'll be very interesting moving forward. Uh, Jeff Passan, our buddy from ESPN, the first to report that the pitch clock will remain in effect through the playoffs. Are you disappointed? We talked a lot about this. I think players kind of wanted a little bit more leeway, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily just more time consistently, but another way to like kind of let the moment breathe a little bit. I understand why Major League Baseball is saying no. They don't want to go backwards at all. Um, I think it's a little bit of a mistake by them, and I'm hoping they're talking to the umpires about like when to start the pitch clock. Yes. So I think that's something that they could do that wouldn't affect like the time. Like, you know, let's let let's let these moments breathe. Let's before you go like this and say, hey, let's get the clock going again. Like, let's understand the moment. But that's a lot of that's a lot to put on an umpire. So I I, they probably won't do that either. I think it's going to be the same game, which, look, we all enjoy how the game has been. I I do. I do believe, though, that postseason is different than the regular season. Like the regular season, it's it's worked out great. We've had when, when you watch baseball games, you don't feel like you're rushed. Um, it feels like a good pace. Um, there's just something different about postseason games, though, and especially, especially Chris, when we get into the latter parts of the playoffs, and we're talking the CSs and the World Series. I feel like there are going to be times where I'm going to be yearning for a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if I feel that way. I might not. We might go through the entire postseason and not even really think about it, and I hope that's the case. But I, I in my mind, I'm gonna. I feel like I'm going to be sitting there watching these games being like, dude, like let's slow it down a little bit. And I'm, and it's to me, it's weird. I, I, I want to get the numbers on concession sales this year. I, that was something that we talked about at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I know they extended the sale of beer because of the, the, sh- the shortening of the games. Uh, but I want to know if sales were affected by it because you really do. If you go to a place that doesn't have great lines or you go to a packed game, like you're going to miss an inning to go get a beer or a hot dog or that you're going to miss like almost a full inning um, depending on where you're at. So I'm curious to see about that, but I, um, I hope we don't feel it in the postseason. I think that's my main takeaway is we might. Well, from the business side, I'll, I'll start with the concession stand since that's the thing you finished last time. I think every ballpark it's going to be next year. You download on your app and you order everything from your seat. And then go pick it up. No, I think they'll deliver it. I think they'll deliver it so that you don't miss anything. Um, I don't see that. That I I I like where your head's at, but that's your. They don't want to pay more people to bring you down your food. I think what they'll do is more people. You don't think so? No, you're just taking people that were working some lines and concession stands and make them delivery people. Like I still think there's a way to pay the same number of people. I think they're going to recalibrate it. Not everybody's going to get food delivered at their seat, but you're going to have the option. Everybody yeah. will have the option, is my guess. Number two, which was, I thought, your most important point, let's almost give a refresher course to the umpires. Get them all on a Zoom before the playoffs start, and let's make sure we're all on the same page with when we're starting stuff. It was a shit show in Cleveland this weekend between the Rays and the Guardians. There was a game where Kevin Cash was um, ejected, because somebody was getting into the box for the Guardians, hadn't looked up. I think it was Jimenez, maybe. And they called a ball on the pitcher, 
But Jimenez hadn't addressed the pitcher by eight seconds. And I don't know if it's because Jimenez thought that the clock hadn't started at a right time or it was all a communication fuck up. And Kevin Cash was 100% right. Like he came out and he's like, "What? why are you calling a ball on my guy? Like he was looking in and Jimenez didn't have his head up. So let's just make sure everybody's on the same page because yeah. God forbid, it's one thing if it happens in a series at the end of August or the beginning of September, which was important, but certainly isn't going to have the eyeballs on it that, you know, the only don't game even on bring that, that. Don't time. even bring hey, that up, man. I can't. Why? Because I'm trying to be proactive and make sure that we're not well, embarrassed in October. Yeah, because we talked about that was one of the first things that people went to when we talked about pitch. What? Remember the first game ever with the pitch clock ended with the pitch clock ending the game. Do you remember right. that in spring training? Yes. Yes. And oh my gosh. And the first thing everyone thought was if this happens in a World Series game, we're going to lose our mind. Now, that thought's out of our head right now. And now you're bringing him back. And now I'm getting upset because, oh my gosh. Hey. It'll be on the players, though. Like that's, that's the thing. Like they're used to it and you got to, you got to do it. But I know, but let's just, if make that sure happens, we'll, it'll be chaos. Let's just make sure we have it as clean as possible. I am fearful. Yeah, what? Rob Manfred has built up all this goodwill this year because uh, attendance is uh, mm-hmm. games are shorter. If one stinking game in the playoffs gets decided by a pitch clock violation, he's going to lose all that. So, Bobby, you better be thinking about this. We're in trouble. All right, quick one before we get out of here uh, on this Labor Day holiday. Better visual from the weekend. Adolis Garcia had a four strikeout game working against the Twins and then finally hit an X or not an extra inning homer, but a walk off homer and gave us the celebration looking up to the heavens and saying, God, I can't believe I finally made contact. And it went about a million feet or Daniel Vogelbach trying to stretch a single into a double against one of his former teams and the Farley-esque slide into second ended up a little bit short. What was the better visual for you? I mean, with Vogie, like that's not exactly stretching a single into a double. The ball was on the warning track, so that was just him <laughs> getting thrown out on a double. Stretching is when you like take advantage of a of a lackadaisical outfielder. That was not it right there. And look at JP Crawford. Oh, face. Crawford stare is hilarious. He's like, I thought he'd be at second base five seconds ago. Uh, but no, the Adelis Garcia. I, even though it was against my Twins, and it kept us five games ahead of the guardians going into a massive series. We didn't even mention on this show Mm -hmm. uh, that's I understand what that feels like when you're, you feel like you can't even touch the ball. You strike out four times and you get up in that last bat and you pump yourself up and you actually do it and you come through the emotion there was pretty cool. And Hey man, we're getting pretty good at, at uh, dramatizing. Is that a word? Being dramatic. Yeah. We're, we're getting good at dramatizing the game is what okay. I'm trying to say. I think that's Building a word. up the drama. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and like, you know, like this is, I thought it was cool, man. Like people like think about five years ago. No one would have done that. Nobody would have done that. Right. And now we're like, dude, it's awesome to see the real emotion come out. So I think, you know, for all like the, the stupid bat flips and stuff that we see because there are some still it's okay to admit that people then you get stuff like this and i think it makes it worth it the vogelbach slide is hilarious it just made me laugh we were watching it live brady was like 
that didn't just happen, did it? I was like, yeah, it did. I was like, if you ever want to know what your dad would look like in a major league uniform, there you go. Throw that <laughs> bad boy on. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out with Miguel Rojas. He's great in a lot of areas. Uh, we found out that he played with Ronald Acuna's dad in Venezuela. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we started talking about Ronald Acuna and everything. He's like, I've known him forever. I played with his dad. I was like, what? So there's a really good story about that. Just some great stories, period. He's a really wonderful storyteller. And he's headed back to Miami for uh, his first series as a non-Marlin on Tuesday. We talked a lot about that and um, what he expects from the from the crowd there or doesn't expect. So make sure you check out the latest episode of the Rose Rotation. Appreciate everybody joining us on this Labor Day holiday. We are always there for you Monday through Friday. You can join us live on the AMP app. Just download it on your iPhone. You'll get a chance to chop it up with us uh, after the show. Ask questions. Give us your comments, your thoughts on what we, how we see the baseball world. So make sure you do that every Monday through Friday. For our one-of-a-kind producer, our own Martian, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.